Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Oh, Rumel. I'm excited. Okay. I, I think I always start excited here. I know. It, I am always excited when we I'm start. I'm so glad we do this because we have a reason to be excited at least once a week. Uh, Well, today I'm excited because we are bringing about a girlfriend from our universe of virtual girlfriends. It just makes me so happy. We've got Dr. L with us. Romel, could you tell me a little something about Dr. L? Sure. Um, Well, we uh, met Dr. L through one of our listeners. Um, She said, you have to talk to Dr. L. And so you have to listen to your listeners, right? That's right. Thanks, Wida. We appreciate that. (laughs) That's right. So um, Dr. L is the founder of Kinder Jam and host of the podcast, Straight Talk with Dr. L. She is also a faculty member in the Early Childhood Education Master of Arts in Teaching Program in the American University School of Education in Washington, D.C. In addition to her teaching and podcast duties, Dr. L has authored two books and created music and curriculum for young children. But above all, she is the proud mother of a 13-year-old son on the autism spectrum, affectionately known as Super Duper Young Man. Hi, dog. Bam. I said it first. Okay, so (laughs) I want you guys to know that um, Dr. L has a podcast and we were enthralled, intrigued. We listened to her. Wait till you hear her smooth voice. And um, uh, but she had a podcast about uh, one of her podcasts was called um, Who's Your Tribe? Who's in Your Tribe? I'll, I'll let her correct me and get that right. And it felt like the perfect conversation for us to have with you along with you. Now, we talked to her last week and had a full blown. I wish I had recorded that episode, that t- conversation, uh, but we knew we wanted to have her back on the, sh- on the show and recording. So Dr. L, girl, can I ask you something? You most certainly can. I would like for you to tell us and this audience a little bit about the podcast that you have. Straight Talk with Dr. L. Boom. Well, the podcast that I have is essentially my gift to women. And it is explaining complex topics simply. Complex topics dealing with parenting, womanhood, small children, and life. So I believe that we all need a village. We all have spare keys. Those are our gifts and talents. And mine just happened to be breaking things down. So I come on each week and I just break some complex things down so we can have a better understanding, so we can make the best decisions possible as things arise in life. Now, it sounds to me like you break things, complicated topics down, simplify for adults at the university, but then you spend time with little kids as well. She's like bilingual, y'all. That is amazing. I know, know, right? So um, do you want to tell us uh, a little bit about your your dual language in terms of you speaking, uh, setting up curriculum for young kids as well? 
Most certainly. Um, well, you know, actually, more so than being a teacher, it was by being a mother. Because as you mentioned, my son is on the autism spectrum. Right. And so one of the things that I realized very quickly when I communicated to my son, I had to do so as explicitly as possible. Gotcha. So because one of the things about autism, um, I think of my child like a computer. So I would have to input all of this information into his brain so he could then um, make the connections. Some people make those synapses like automatically and mm -hmm. by learning contextually. Well, my son needed a little more guidance when it came to that. So I had to literally input information in his brain and I had to help him make those connections. And then I found just by virtue of being his mother, mm -hmm. I started to explain things um, in their simplest form. And then that way of communicating to my son translated to my communication to adults when offering training. Nice. And it's just become a way of life. Nice. Oh, well, that is helpful. See, that, that makes sense to me. It feels like... Total sense. Yeah, this is all a purpose thing. You... I mean, it just all fits so well. Uh, could you tell me a little bit more about this boom? In talking to you, every so often I hear boom. And listening to your podcast, I heard boom. And <laughs> I want to get in on the, the, the lingo here. Tell me more. The boom came again from my son. He's my muse. He's my why. And um, I call him super duper young man. Um, he's chosen that term because he started out a super duper kid, but okay. he's now 13. Young. So he's, so mm. he's not a kid. He's a young man. Yes. So super duper young man. When he was procuring new skills, when he was little, mm -hmm. he would have to work a little harder to gain new skills. So my reasoning with him as to why we were working so diligently was each time he got a new skill, he would have it forever. And that would be his superpower. So whenever he did something well, my affirmation was a boom. So he got to the point where he would do anything for a boom. <laughs> and so when I started training and working with individuals, just automatically, because that was part of my vernacular when talking to my son, right. the mm -hmm. boom would come out. And I saw, wait a minute, grown people like a boom too. <laughs> I give everybody a boom. That's my cosign. I'm like, yo, you did that. Boom. boom. <laughs> I wish you guys could see her as she did that. That yes. was so perfect. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> awesome. We have been talking about Insecure and um, we think Issa and Molly and their troop, they got a, they've got perhaps a tribe. We'll talk about that. Maybe um, we have our own collection of girlfriends. And I just really wanted to get the breakdown of um, in your uh, episodes, you talked about villages versus tribes. So in the way that you do so well, would you break it down for us? What's the difference between a village and a tribe? Boom. Of course. Now, when I think about the world, I tend to think about my villages and I have a top notch village and my village is essentially made of my network of people. And those are the network of people that I pull from for resources and I give to for resources. Like your, However, like your Facebook page? like Oh, it could be in my Facebook mm -hmm. page. It could be face to face. Those are people who have come into my life for various reasons and they've remained in some capacity. Okay, got it. So those are my villagers. So when I'm talking about my top-notch village, I'm talking about those people. And each of those people have a position that they play in my life. Or they could be multiple positions, but they're within those five. And the five are, first, we have the connector. That's the person who introduces you to other people. Then you have the mentor. That's a trusted advisor. I trusted advisor. Trusted. 
advice. Mm-hmm. Did you so mean trusted? Can, I didn't trust it. Now, don't be taking advice from everybody. You know, have some discernment about it. So it has to be a trusted advisor. Right. Then you have the cheerleader. And the cheerleader is the person whose voice is sometimes louder than the doubts that live in your head. Mm-hmm. Then okay. you have the evangelist. And the evangelist is the zealous um advocate for you. So that's the person who's talking about you when you're not in the room. They're like, you you don't know L. You like Weta. She was like, yeah. oh, you need to meet L. She was okay. an evangelist. Yes, yes. And then you have your worker bees. And your worker bees are the sisters that come next to you and they pull up their sleeves and they're working right alongside you just because they want to see you win. So right. everyone in my village falls into one or more of those capacities. And then in turn, based on our relationship, I'll serve in one or more of those capacities for the individuals who are in my village. Now, my tribe differs a little bit um, from my village in the sense that my tribe are the individuals who are most like me. And tribes are, they're not static, they're fluid based on where you are in your life course as a woman. Mm -hmm. So started out, they were the individuals that I went to college with. I went to Florida A&M University. We got to talk about that. You know, I had to give a shout out. I know, it's all right. All right. No problem, Bradley. You should see this, y'all. I wish y'all could see them. That's too much. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then from there, you know, young, black, gifted, we all had that in common. And then from there, I went and um, I became a part of a sorority. And then they became my tribe because we were like-minded black women. And then from there, I moved into becoming a military spouse. Um, they became my village. Prior to that, I was a mother. So I had a team of mothers who became my village. And ultimately, I found my forever village. And those are the families of children who have disabilities. And the reason why I call them my forever village is because of all the people in the world. Because when you think about intersectionality, we have all these identities. But the identity that you would see, like if you were to lay out all of your identities, which would be the one that you would go to first? to feel safest. And that then is your tribe. So the people in this world who think most like you, they want the same thing that you want. You all are in the same situation. So you're kind of seeing the world through similar lenses. Mm -hmm. That is then your tribe, your like-minded people. Let me ask you, you you know, when you hear people say opposites attract Mm-hmm. Where do opposites fit into a tribe or do they? See, the thing is, when it comes to opposites, I will have opposites in my village, but okay. not necessarily in my tribe. Okay. So when I think about an opposite in my village, so when you think about opposites, you serve in different capacities based on the relationships you're in. Mm-hmm. So I'm more of an introvert. Why I don't seem that way, I am. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I have friends who are extroverts. So I need evangelists because I would have never come to you had Weta not said, hey, Spesh, I need you to check this out. And hey, guys, I need you to hear her. So I needed someone with a more extroverted personality in that context to kind of bring me in. So those opposites... Um, I don't necessarily know about opposites as it relates to values, but it might be based on the way you operate. Got you. Got you. You know, it's funny. I was like, okay, I think I can put this into a good context. Okay. We, uh, now, when I think about my, my tribe, 
I'm going to go to a, a movie first. You remember Girls Trip? Tell me you saw Girls Trip. Now, you know, that's a fam you. And of course I saw Girls Trip. I'll tell you this fam you thing. I'm going back to college. I said I wasn't going to do it. But we keep running into all these fam youans. Did I say that? Fam youans. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't know. Fam youans. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, I'm going to go back to college. I have to get my PhD or something. Okay. Um, but, all right. So, Girls Trip, now they had the Flossy Posse. And I said, mm-hmm. that's a tribe right there. And when I look at that tribe, because they were each other's safe space, there were some people who were opposites who still existed in in the tribe because ultimately they added something to each other and uh, they grew, they seem to ultimately be able to grow together. I have a tribe, my my book club tribe. I, I would definitely say that's yeah. one of my safe places. We've talked about our book club on the podcast and we've had them here. And it is, I I really literally am like, girl, can I ask you something on the, on my, among my book club members, like all the time. It's like, yeah. so what about this? What do y'all think about this? Yeah. You know, and we have good conversations, but it is a safe place where if I say something and um, I'm a little off, I can depend on somebody, usually Tanisha, to tell me real quick, Mm-mm, no, no. And she can play that mentor role where I know somebody will check me. I don't check quickness. you. I don't check you at all. Um, no, you're nice don't. about it. You're really <laughs> nice about it. But Tanisha will not bat an eye and she she'll doesn't. just be like, no. So, okay, Tanisha. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that person. I'll be like, I, I, she's right. I'll figure out a way to tell you. Like, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> and so when you think about the movie Girls Trip, uh-huh. they had varied personalities, mm-hmm. but their core values were in alignment. So within your tribe, you know, because we are all distinct individuals, we are going to have variances in personalities, but the core belief, you know, they were there in a sisterhood. Mm -hmm. They were all for one, one for all amongst their tribe. Mm -hmm. So they could, they, if anything happened to one, they all had their backs. Mm -hmm. So they all may have had different ways of operating. Again, that's based on your personality, but they had these similar values and it started from their their time at they really were at Florida University. Yeah. So it started at their time yeah. at FAMU and grew from there. So sometimes you you grow with your tribe and sometimes you grow beyond your tribe mm-hmm. and your tribe then becomes a village, part of your village. Right. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cause sometimes you, you know, we have friends and um they, I can see them being part of your tribe, but say as your kids grow up and you don't have those same ties that you what well, you're looking at me you're t- you know like, what though I got, i'm about to go deep on y'all, okay, y'all all right, all right. Keep, keep, keep your dr she, she, l she, she, okay. all right but just think about the movie girls trip now i haven't yeah. seen it in some years so now i'm playing it back in my head okay mm-hmm. so they all had their various lives mm-hmm. they did. and they were coming together for a girls trip so they really could have been villagers who remained friends and they have various tribes back in their everyday lives I'm inclined to think that was the case for Mm -hmm. Girls Trip because there were some of them that didn't look like they were in their safe space with each other. Boom. Um, But they can still get together and be a village 
Uh, but right. That's what they I was saying. all like, weren't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, just because you don't want to not be friends with somebody just because you maybe go into a different space of life. Exactly. And so they become part of your village, but your tribe who you keep close to you can change depending on that space of life that you're in. Exactly. Right. I mean, basically, yeah. Okay. All right. No, that makes sense. And, and I like um, when listening to you talk about how you go through the process of um, uh, having different villages or your tribe changes with life. That makes so much sense to me. There mm-hmm. might be a few people you keep forever, like mm-hmm. no matter what your life scenario is, that, um, but I do sense and know that when I'm a college student, my tribe might well look going to look very different than when I've, I'm all grown mm-hmm. with kids and a husband and bills. You know, mm-hmm. I need people um, who can who can relate to me, and I can relate to to get in a safe spot. Now, talking about the safe place, mm-hmm. so I'm just assuming that's where I can be more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I know that's what I, but that, that group is really small. Like my circle for that, it's really little. Right. <laughs> for and that so, truly safe place. It can be like when it comes to being really intimate, because then you're talking about access to information. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when I talk about that, that might be your core friends. Mm-hmm. So when I think of my tribe, my tribe may not necessarily be my friends. They may just be the individual's who are most like-minded. So I'm not friends with every parent who has a child with disabilities personally, (laughs) but I know that their lived experience is more like mine Mm -hmm. than the parent of a typically developing child. So I know that I can walk into an airplane. I can walk on an airplane and I can see that mother with a child with autism trying to find her bearing. And I know, I don't think I know what she feels like. I'm not empathizing with her. I know what she's going through because I've been there. So I'm going to align myself with her because I don't want her to ever feel the way I felt when I was in that position. Have you ever had a situation where you felt like someone didn't deserve to be in your tribe, that you needed to remove them? Kind of goes back to like the whole insecure thing, like, you know, we we talked about whether Molly right. and Issa were are really a good fit to move forward, or did they just time out? They that relationship right. expired. So uh, we are pulling you in on that part of the conversation about you know how you identify when that person is not good for you anymore, right? right. Is that where you were going, Ramel? Yeah. So basically, we had a conversation about insecure, and I am definitely not Team Molly. Oh. So. <laughs> One of the things we were talking about <laughs> is the fact that perhaps Issa and Molly had outgrown their friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, at one time, Molly was a part of Issa's tribe. And then as Issa began to grow and develop, perhaps Molly was not in a position to accept Issa's change. And then when Issa then, because I, I kind of got deep with you all and I started talking about life course. So, you know, when she got on the podium and we were like <laughs> in the in the hall, lecture hall listening. That's what, what happened. Right. So when we think about a woman's trajectory, a woman's trajectory spans her life course. And your life course is essentially all of the transitions and turning points that happens throughout your life. 
-hmm. And transitions are movements from one space to another space. And turning points are really pivotal movements that then change or shift the course of your trajectory. Now, the thing about turning points, you don't necessarily know that something's a turning point when it's happening because it's in your reflective space that you're like, oh, once that happened, I never did X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z again. Mm-hmm. So I think from a reflective space that Issa was at a turning point in her life. And in that turning point, she needed to make some decisions because she was at a pivotal space where she was about to change or shift her trajectory from kind of idling about professionally to declaring the direction in which she wanted to go. Now, when you are in a turning point, it's all about the decisions that you make that really kind of dictate the direction in which you go. Mm-hmm. Because a turning point, again, because it's not a transition, it, it is it is a pivotal time. It could have, mm-hmm. um, it could be a positive experience or a negative experience. And from that positive or negative experience, it could have a positive impact mm-hmm. or a negative impact. And those negative and positive impacts are determined by the quality of decisions that are made within the transition, which is really big, that happens to later turn out to be a turning point. Now, there are three ways to determine, you know, like whether or not someone's going to be able to make really good decisions during that time. One is personal agency. That's your ability to navigate things yourself. Mm -hmm. The other is environmental factors. And that's, you know, all of the resources that you have around you. And the third is external support. And those are the individuals around you from which you can pull to make, you know, to like kind of poll to help you make best decisions. So Mm -hmm. in that particular time, Issa reached out to Molly as her external support. Mm -hmm. And external support of the three is one of the variances most important. And her external support was like, nah, I ain't helping you. It was was baffling to me. It was. So, but the beauty of that at that point Issa then activated one of those other three determinants, Mm -hmm. her personal agency. And she used her personal agency to say, okay, I got to make some decisions here. What can I do? Mm -hmm. And then she reached out to other resources beyond Molly to Mm -hmm. figure out how can I make this happen? So that was big ups for Issa because in that she's going to now develop some self-efficacy and that's the belief that you can do something. So now she has this self-efficacy. She's done this huge event is turning out really well. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Molly then realized that, Hey, whereas I'm usually that external support that is the make or break in Issa's life. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that in this situation. And she felt some kind of way about that. Mm -hmm. And rather than handling that later, I think that she then acted in a way that was counterproductive to Issa's growth and development. Right. And that's why I'm not team Molly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I heard, I heard, I heard you. I hear you. She said what she said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and I do agree. You brought it up that um, maybe when roles change in relationships, because mm-hmm. Issa was no longer more like the sidekick having to depend on Molly all the time. If that's the role, the position you won't filled, And now she has, you know, got her degree and upped herself. And now she's, mm-hmm. um, a different position you have to see well is that if is there a role in my friendship group do I have a space open for that <laughs> and so I wasn't you know I was I think if you um uh recognize yeah this friend is changing they're going to have a different role mm-hmm. where do I put them are they in my tribe are right. they in my village mm-hmm. do they still get to be a- around me and I think Molly made a um 
a real quick call. It's like, I don't know if this is going to work instead of saying, I just got to move Issa to this other place, you know? And I think if I think of that um, more often, um, uh, moving people as they, as we all change, and it's okay that we make changes in our relationships, but instead of doing what I usually do, which is like, all right, bye, I'm out. I'm, I kind of like, my, um, mm, gosh, am I quite, anyway. Yeah, kind of in that sense, you kind of yeah, are like, I kinda, yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, this is not going to work, bye. But maybe it could be, like, this is not going to work. You go over here in the village. This is the role you play in the mm-hmm. village and we can still have um, some bit of a relationship. I, I'm not terrible with that, but I do turn it off real quick. It's like, eh. This isn't working for me. Bye. And if you, you think about it in terms of the village and the positions in the village, mm-hmm. Issa was asking Molly to be a connector. And that was a spare key that Molly had. She, it would have cost her nothing to bring that up to Andrew. Oh, well, first of all, I, I can't believe I am defending Molly. It, <laughs> she actually did say it was going to cost her something. And that's why when Issa walked, went around her, I was like, yeah, Issa, it didn't cost Molly anything and you got what you want. I expected Molly to be happy for her. And when Molly wasn't, I was like, you being trifling, Molly. And, you know, and she, she, they, they, that was a pivotal point for them. And I'm waiting. I don't know how long we got to wait to find out what happens with their relationship. But I am waiting to see, um, uh, was Molly able to say, hey, you are so important to me. Even in this other position that you're taking, I still want you in my tribe. I still need you close. Or will she be more like a, a villager on the outskirts? You know, I, I don't know. Well, I have a question for you then, because I'm curious. So what would it have cost? I understand what Molly said, but in actual cost, what would it have cost Molly to ask for assistance for Issa? Molly said, because that's all I got what she said so she said she didn't want to strain her relationship by asking for her man to pull strings for her friends and she didn't she felt like maybe she had done that in the past and um, it strained the relationship and she was in, she didn't want to injure this relationship with Andrew and she made that clear yeah I I didn't necessarily agree with Molly, but I respected the fact that she said, this is the way I want to operate. This is the way I want to make things very like, this is here and this is here, two different boxes. And I don't want them to meet yet. I understood that. What I didn't understand is her absolute um, negative reaction to um, Issa being able to figure out her way to the box without her, you know, without um, the connector. I think she was hating. <laughs> I do. I think she was hating from the jump, though. Well, actually, and yeah, I think I definitely do too. But I'm just saying, like, I I can understand her saying this, but I don't understand the the uh, right. reaction to it. But I have a different question. I want you to explain spare keys because you mentioned it twice and i want to make sure i i understand your concept of spare keys because it sounds interesting so when i say spare keys those are your gifts talents and resources that you can give away easily Mm -hmm. and they'll replenish themselves it's not something you will miss so it's not something that's going to take you out of your way so let's say if you have a friend or a villager Mm -hmm. and they are in need of something 
Mm-hmm. And it's something that is readily available to you. Mm-hmm. And you can give this to the person and not miss it. So I figure gotcha. the way I use the word spare key is like, if I give you this key mm-hmm. and I put my hand in my pocket and there's another key there, mm-hmm. that means the key I gave you was a spare. So it's not going to prevent me from opening any doors because I gave that key to you. Gotcha. And we all have these gifts and talents. Right. So some things you can give to people and it's going to cost you something. You have to then mm-hmm. think about, you know, like, do I have the time, effort or energy mm-hmm. needed to give that to this individual? But a spare right. key, that's a quick answer. That's a, let me introduce you to, um, like if someone asked me about a podcast, I mightn't say, you know, I may say, well, oh, go to this person mm-hmm. and I'm going to send them somebody who's, that's their spare key. Cause if it's their spare key, they probably put the information on YouTube. They probably already have it all there. Right. For me, it's going to cost me some energy to explain to you what mic, what this, because that's not my area. Right. Right. Listen, if we take it back to the insecure um, we thought that it would have been a spare key for Molly to just mm-hmm. make mm-hmm. that connection. Issa thought so as well, but she Molly really thought something different. Molly was like, no, this is going to cost me. And I'm not willing to give you something that's going to cost me in my relationship. Yeah. And you would think that if somebody was going to be like that, they would have a bet. Their relationship would be on point. But mm-hmm. clearly she wasn't talking to Andrew because Andrew's like, no, we've been having troubles for a long time. Dr. Oh, your face. Because no, I'm not buying it. <laughs> and the reason why I'm not buying it, if the if the block party had gone off and she was like, oh, girl, get it. You know, me and Andrew, cool. You yeah. did your thing. Yeah. It all is good. But the fact that she was mad let me know her heart wasn't in the right place. Mm-hmm. Because if she had a legit reason, like saying, well, I don't want, I want this box, my man over here, this box, my friend over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. That happened. Mm-hmm. And the event went off, right. but she still big mad. She was big, big mad because mad. that wasn't the only reason why she said no to Issa. There were some other layers there that she didn't acknowledge. Oh yeah. So if oh, she yeah. had been like, "Okay, Issa, you did that. I'm here with my man chilling. You got your thing. Everybody wins." Right. That, that's right. not what she did. So that let me know her heart went right. And she didn't have any self-control. Like most of the time, like you want, if that's your friend now, Dr. L gave us the look like, you know. <laughs> I have to screen capture some of these looks you know and put I, them in the show notes, guys. I mean, she went, she went straight where she came from on that. Yeah, <laughs> she, she did. I was like, self-control, girl. That's what you tell your little kids, self-control, you know. Exactly. And, and this is Issa's moment, right? This is the one time that Issa really has gotten a chance to shine and not fall on her face, literally like in the show where she fell in the the bar. You know, she got a chance to shine and she just took that shine away from her by getting in this. And I, I felt like that was so, it was so inexcusable. I don't, that's why I said before, I am so not sure whether they can get this friendship in the same place. I mean, because Molly, there is some damage mm-hmm. done. She dropped the bomb. She burned a bridge. It's <laughs> just like she did. Issa, oh, you no. in danger, girl. Run. Run, Issa, run. <laughs> run, girl, run. Actually, that's what I say about Issa moving forward with Lawrence. But we're not having that conversation oh, no, right not, now. We're not doing I know. that right okay, now. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Well, but, you know, when it gets <laughs> like the whole Issa and Molly thing, you know, because I was explaining to you guys that I had a similar situation. Right. Like when I left my marriage um, some years ago, I was... Um, I weighed a lot more than I weigh now. Mm -hmm. 
And I had a friend who was my friend while I was married. Mm -hmm. And so when I became a single woman, I was now a single woman who was out in the world. And I believe that she had this view of me as the married woman who was a lot larger than I am now, sitting on my couch in my muumu eating my seven layer dip. Mm-hmm. And so when we started to that go, that does sound out, good though. It, okay. girl, anyway, it, keep going. Keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it wasn't for the consequences, if it wasn't for the consequences, uh, yeah. <laughs> but okay, um, keep keep going. So mm-hmm. as we started to go out as two single women, I realized that when she was inviting me out, she was inviting me out to be her sidekick. She did not realize that as I grew and developed into the woman that I was before, mm-hmm. that my energy would shift. And she was not prepared for the shift in energy, nor was she prepared for the response that men had to the shift in my energy. So she would not miss an opportunity when we were out socially to to remind me Mm -hmm. and to inform them that just months ago, I was a certain size and I was um, what seven layer dip on my couch in a moo-moo. Because she was comfortable with that relationship as long as she perceived me to be the underdog. When I showed myself to be something other than that, mm-hmm. she was so uncomfortable with that, that she had a visceral reaction that caused her to want to replace me in that position. Okay, and so let me, I, I just want to, okay, I want to make sure I put a pin in it so that, that our listeners are following along. Mm-hmm. Dr. L, I must say, in this case, she was playing the role of L, put her sexy on, right? There you go. Then <laughs> she <laughs> stole the spotlight from her friend <laughs> all of it and instead of being the 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 sideline line she became the main show lights lights marquee and all mm-hmm. and so and, and 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 i think she outshined she her, she her she changed her place she went back from being a background singer, singer to the lead and then, yeah yeah <laughs> See, I she can't said, with you, Dr. L. I can't. Do what? She said, do what? Do what? So, so that is a, that position when you. <laughs> We're going to take a moment for a laugh break. I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry. That is, I, y'all can't see her because she is giving us full She's Dr. So L animated. right now. Or L. I won't no, say that. This is full L right now. Yeah, that she took off her. Uh, she stepped off the the podium for that one. She giving us sister girl looks right now. That's right. So, oh, that's so great. Yeah. So, but I think when in the in cases like um, in cases like that, it would take a lot for somebody who put you like you had a place and you got out of your place. Exactly. And she wasn't ready for you to mm-hmm. get out of her place. Are y'all friends to this day? Nah, not mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> She, I she speak when off. I see her. Okay. <laughs> so you speak because you speak grown. when I see her. Because you're grown, you can do yeah, that. Home right? training and all that good stuff. <laughs> but you ain't you ain't nobody's sidekick anymore. The moo moo is mm-hmm. gone, baby. Well, actually, the moo moo's still here, but nobody needs to know all that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the streets telling my business. <laughs> oh, these see, but you know what? That's the thing. It's like if you're not. You have to be a little bit flexible. You were making a change in your life, you know, and she was unable to say, you know, let my friend shine. She's been in the dark, you know, in the back for a minute. Let her shine. She couldn't do that. And I don't know why. You are so much fun. (laughs) 
Ramel, let's just be honest. What? Like, if you what? really put yourself in the other woman's shoes, you were coming out. You know how you have your sidekick. Somebody, I, I mean, like, I hope, I, yeah, I don't do that either. But <laughs> I've, I've been the sidekick, so I know what that's like. Yeah. But when you are used to somebody being in their place and they get out of their place, you, you know, like it hmm. takes grown folk to be able to do it. If I need to be the main show and somebody else is coming in, that's just, it's not enough room for both people. You can't mm-hmm. have two headliners. Uh, oh, well, you know, I mean, so that's all right. Elle found her own stage. I sure did. <laughs> yeah. She found her own stage. We're not worried about her. <laughs> <laughs> But it just helped. I think what I'm saying here, what I think the theme for what we're talking about is that relationships do shift and that's okay because we can learn from something, um, um, our friendships at different places, but we change places in life and it just makes sense that that means your friendships have to change and you don't have to be drastic and right. throw people away right. at the same time they don't have to be as close to you you know yeah, right there's a, there's a part of your village you yeah, can exactly. be part of your village and that exactly. works i like that because then they become a resource for you and in turn a large part of being in a village is being a villager so that means you're also a resource for them but they may not have access to information as readily as they would if they were in your inner circle Mm -hmm. makes so much sense now dr l before you leave i don't know i think i want l to answer this one okay okay tell dr l to go sit down somewhere go sit down girl. Uh all right i uh, Ramel and I have started this new thing. We we want to ask our guests, girlfriends, everybody who comes on this show, what is your superpower? And so I'm throwing it out to you, not Dr. L's superpower mm-hmm. necessarily. You know, it could be the same, but really, girlfriend, what's your superpower? Resilience. Resilience mm-hmm. and problem solving. Um, I, from young, um, when adversity comes, because adversity will, um, I have this thing, I'll cry my tears, I'll suck it up, I'll figure out a way forward, and I'll move on. I don't stay in one place too long. So, um, and I've grown, as I've matured, I've realized that that is a blessing, that that's not something that everyone has. So whereas I once just thought it was just there, now I have a grateful heart for the fact that I'm able to bounce back really quickly because mm-hmm. you know when it comes to adversity I don't have my share <laughs> and it's but for God <laughs> and resiliency that I'm here glowing as I am today so and resiliency she is, is glowing. glowing she really is oh, and on that boom 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> oh gosh well Dr. L I think I am so happy that you came to spend some time with us and our girlfriends um, and help us understand about tribes and villages. I loved your analogy. It's it's absolutely very tangible for us to um, use and utilize. So thank you so, so much. This has Um, been enlightening. I'm so glad because at the end of the day, when the metal meets the road, you know, life happens. And it is an easier road to tow when you're not towing it alone. We need villages and we need tribes. That's perfect. Well, Dr. L, can you please tell people again, what's your podcast name and where they can hear you? 
Well, my podcast is Straight Talk with Dr. L, and it can be found on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, I'm there. If I'm not there, shoot me an email and I'll get on there. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you stopping by today. So Twan, do you have anything else? You're good? No, I I don't. I'm good. Hey, until next time, everybody. Peace and And blessings. blessings. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.